Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And in this week's Screen Verdict, we're going to be reviewing Wreck-It Ralph. Yes, Wreck-It! <laughs> now, Screen Verdict began by discussing Disney's Pixar films. Mm. This week, another film from Disney, 3D animation, but not Pixar. Yes, no, not Pixar. Yes, yeah, so I guess that Pixar podcast has led us to the competition where we'll be announcing at the end of this podcast who's going to win a Pixar Blu-ray. At the moment, we've got we've got Screen Verdict fans hitting the phones trying to <laughs> trying to claim that Blu-ray. So we'll we've got some very lazy yeah. fans. They've left it to yeah, the last minute last to do the there. work. Oh man, it's heating up. We are getting uh, all the fans rolling in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this what, what? Okay, we we obviously both love the Pixar films, especially when we did that first podcast before like Cars Two and Brave. <laughs> um, like, what are your thoughts of Disney films? Do you like the Disney animated films? I would say that I'm a Disney fan. I really like, I guess, what I would deem classic. Mm-hmm. They they seem old to me. Uh, Disney films like Aladdin, The Lion King. The Beauty and the Beast. I really, really enjoyed these growing up. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really been following Disney as of late. Some of their films that have been released this millennium, I haven't really seen that many of them. So I guess this was a bit of a return to Disney for me. Yeah, it, it is interesting when you're looking at the Disney lineup. It obviously started... Um, it, it obviously, like, you have, you have a few, like, peak periods. Like, it obviously started with Snow White... And uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia and Dumbo and Bambi, all sort of classics. Mm. Then it sort of drops away for a bit. And then sort of in the 50s, they come back with sort of Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone. Uh, and it goes all the way. The Jungle Book, a great one. So that's sort of like the, uh, the 50s and 60s. Then they sort of, like, drop off again, and then they come back in the 90s, which some would argue is the... Well, I guess that's the renaissance for Disney. The heyday. Yeah, the heyday, and, and really... Or at least my the, heyday. I, I, I peaked in the 90s. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen these 90s ones, and I've seen the 50s. I think this is the peak for Disney. You were talking... Um, Little Mermaid was 89, but if you're counting that Little Mermaid... Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, and some people like Mulan. So, and then they sort of fell off, didn't they? Uh, like, they started doing ones like Brother Bear, and then they when they got into 3Ds, when they really got into all sorts of trouble with, like, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and Bolt. Like, these were not classic films, so they really fell off. Um, but we've seen John Lasseter from Pixar come in and sort of take over the animation of Disney. And uh, we saw him start with The Princess and the Frog, which returned it to a bit more of its classical sort of roots. Uh, then we saw Tangled, which was, a I thought, an incredible film. One of the, just, just as good as a lot of the princess ones from the 90s or 50s. And then Winnie the Pooh last year, that got very good reviews. I think better reviews than most of the nominees for animated <laughs> film at the Oscars. And now back with Wreck-It Ralph, which we'll give our opinions on later. So Disney could be sort of a little bit on the on the rise again. Mm. So with Wreck-It Ralph, what's the premise? What's the setup? Mm. Well, it's probably worth knowing that Wreck-It Ralph's the 52nd Disney animated film, for those keeping score at home. So if you wanted to watch one a week for a year, mm. this could be your New Year's Eve film. Yeah, actually, good point. We probably won't rank them all in this podcast. <laughs> we probably won't do that. 
So this film's premise is takes place in a video game arcade. Now, do you remember the old video game arcades, Jonathan? Like, there's not too many of them around nowadays. I think for me, I think more of places like Time Zone and Intensity, which Mm. I guess are those arcades, but there aren't really that many of what I think of when I hear Mm. arcade games where just the joystick and the two buttons, Mm. they're a lot more interactive. You've got the guns, you're, Mm. you're throwing balls into hoops, you're earning tickets so you can get something that is... You spent way more dollars on earning the tickets for than the actual value of the prize. They, they sort of changed at one point the tickets that the machine spit out to like electronic cars that keep a track of how many points you're no, on. That's just what I know. They're on yeah. the cars. Yeah, they're on the car system. But I've got in my room a big container of all those tickets. <laughs> you were saving them. I was saving for something <laughs> Do you think I should go to a time zone and try to, like, claim something with the <laughs> tickets that have been out of use for, like, probably a decade now? What's the exchange policy on tickets to card points there's no, system? There's no expiry date on the tickets. They still <laughs> should be good for stuff. <laughs> I might have gotten hurt with inflation, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if... <laughs> I'll, how about this? I'll go to time zone in the next couple of weeks. We'll try exchange with something, and we'll figure out... Was saving these tickets a good investment? <laughs> was it good to invest in time zone tickets? I'd be surprised if we get anything out of it at all, let alone it be a good investment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll let you know. Yeah. Let's find out. Okay. So, it's in a video game arcade, which um, I don't know what's happening in America, but a lot of them are closing in Australia because everyone's getting their own PlayStations, their own Xboxes, their own Wiis, their own whatevers. And they're just having their video game arcade at home. They're just like locking themselves in the basement and playing their video games all day at home. So, so and there's a particular game there called Fix It Felix Fix Jr. It Felix Jr. It's a game that's in there that's, uh, I think, a sort of a fun one. Yeah. And it's just about the characters in that game is what it sort of starts off as, I guess. Well, yes, you have this game and the opening of the film is narrated by a character in the game. So we find out that these are not just little digital characters on a screen, Hmm. but they're actual real characters with real personalities. Mm. And we find out what it's like to be a video game character. Mm. Yes. And Wreck-It Ralph is the bad guy in Fix-It Felix Jr. Mm. He does the wrecking, Fix-It Felix Jr. does the fixing. Yes. There's a building, he breaks all the windows, everyone starts crying, everyone's distressed. He runs up to the top of the tower, and then you're like, cause a bit more damage up there, throw things down and stuff, and fix it, Felix has to come and fix it all. Did this game remind you of any video games? This reminded me of Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. I guess he's the big guy at the top of the thing, and instead of throwing down the barrels, I guess he's knocking down bricks and bashing Mm. windows, and you've got to avoid the things that are falling and get up to the top. Yeah. It seemed very much like Donkey Kong to (laughs) me. And I guess if you're a fan of video games, you'll be trying to make these connections and references throughout the film mm. because we get to see inside not just this game but many others, yes. many video game worlds and video game characters. And a few uh, nice little cameos from maybe some of your favourite video games, uh, like I think Sonic pops in and Bowser. Yeah, I thought this was quite interesting. They had a mix of real video game characters and ones that had been made up for the film. Mm. And it seemed like they did quite a good job of getting the license to use the images mm. of these characters because they were across many decades, many platforms. Mm. 
So I guess Disney has a bit of pull in the, uh, the yeah. video game world. Do you think there was any omissions? Like any any? Who do you think held out? Who held out from being in the movie? Well, they got Bowser, who's from Mario, but yeah. Mario is. Is yeah. he the quintessential video game character? Yeah. Did do you think Mario held out from being in the movie, or do you reckon they were worried the produ- the Disney people worried that Mario would overshadow Felix? Yeah, he did look like he could be a plumber in that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would be wanting to follow Mario instead of yeah, Felix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all seems good. Everyone's playing their games and things. However, it seems like Wreck-It Ralph isn't completely satisfied in his life, in his video game. Well, he seems to enjoy wrecking things. He's good at it. It looks looks like he's been built to smash stuff, but I think after a while he gets tired of always being the bad guy, Mm. and everyone loves Felix and throws parties for Felix. And he's he's not getting these invites. He's not getting these parties because he's the bad guy. But Wreck-It Ralph, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah, Regoraft is not like being the bad guy. How douchey are the people in the Fix-It Felix game? <laughs> like, it's the 30th anniversary of the game, and Felix hosts a party and invites everyone except Ralph to the party. What do you think about this? I'm not sure how believable I found this, because it seemed like these people had interacted before, and you'd only have to interact with Ralph for a minute or two to realise... He's a nice guy. Yeah, he smashes stuff, but that's part of the game. When he interacts with you outside of playing the video game, he's very nice and friendly and polite, and you feel sorry for him. Mm. How could they be mean to him for 30 years? Yeah. Now, Felix is sort of trying to be the good guy here. He does let Ralph come to the party. But I didn't really buy that Felix was being that good of a guy here because he didn't really, like, invite him to the party. It seems like he was sort of trying to be, oh, sort of these guys are the douchey guys, I'll let you in. But I was still feeling that Felix was a big part of it. Yeah, I don't think he was trying to make Ralph feel welcome Mm -hmm. so much as he didn't want to have to deal with the awkwardness anymore. He was like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll let you in and then quickly out and just avoid it. Yeah. Don't you think Felix, like, is really... He's the star of the game, right? Hasn't he, like, isn't it ultimately he's responsible for reading this culture of, like, bullying? <laughs> like, couldn't he have been a leader and said to the people, look, it's Ralph over there. Let's go and hang out with him sometimes. Hey, I've got this, like, hammer that, like, makes a house very easily. Why don't I build him a nice house with that <laughs> massive pile of bricks over there? Like... <laughs> So at the party, everyone gets mad at Ralph at the end. He is a bit of a big guy, can bump things over, get a bit clumsy and things. And he goes, why can't I be the star of the game? Why can't I be the hero? And they're like, well, that's because you don't have a medal or something (laughs) like that. Um, So he goes, well, I'll go get the medal. And they're like, oh, yeah, if you go get a medal, then we'll let you be the hero of the game. Like, you're ever going to be able to get a medal, (laughs) right? So then Ralph leaves to go get a medal. And the next day, everyone wakes up and he's gone. They all of a sudden seem very surprised why someone like Ralph would leave this this utopian society they've built (laughs) for him and abandon their game. (laughs) 
<laughs> it seemed like Ralph had a great time at the party. Yeah, they were all so nice to him. Why would he get up and leave? <laughs> but he does leave, and he travels through the cables hmm. of the arcade game to, I guess, the power hub. Mm. where all the video game characters can come out of their arcade game and sort of meet in this central station. And they called it Game Central Station mm. instead of Grand Central Station. Which I thought was a, a pretty cool idea. I like the way, yeah. the idea of how the characters were able to transport mm. from place to place. And Ralph finds himself in another game called Hero's Duty. Yes, because he hears rumour that there's a medal on <laughs> offer in this game. And this is a bit less old school, not your uh, Donkey Kong type arcade game. This is a bit more of a futuristic first person shooter. This is a bit like a Halo sort of thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, sort of Halo slash Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is where uh, the person who, like, the, seems like the hero of this game is Jane Lynch from Glee. <laughs> Someone thought she's good at yelling at high school kids. She'll be good at yelling at futuristic super soldiers. Yeah. In their fight against the crazy mm. bug things. Mm. They were kind of cool. I like yeah. the fact that they turned into what they ate. Mm. So they could eat a gun and then they'd have a gun coming out of them. Or they'd eat something like purple mm. and yellow and then they'd become purple and yellow. Mm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. It was a pretty fun game. And obviously Ralph in there caused a bit of havoc. He's a bit clumsy. So he sort of does, uh, I guess, what he needs to do in Heroes Duty... But in the whole process and everything, he gets on a spaceship of some type, okay, from the game, and it shoots out, it it goes rogue. I think one of the bugs things gets caught in there too. It goes, so he goes zooping out of that and just straight into another game that he wasn't planning on going into, and the spaceship crashes in the game of Sugar Rush. Which is set in Candyland. So everything's made out of lollipops and... Gummy bears and whatnot. Looks very similar to a uh, Katy Perry music video <laughs> by uh, California Girls. <laughs> Except no one shoots whipped cream out of their breasts. <laughs> Probably a good thing. No one looked over the age of eight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but yes. So he ends up in Sugar Rush. Which is a kart racing game. Yeah. A little bit similar to Mario Kart. Yeah, I guess it is like Mario Kart, like if all the levels were candy-themed. <laughs> yeah. There he meets a girl called Penelope, who's a little cheeky, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, they have some snappy back and forths at Ralph's expense. She's a bit of a smart mouth kid. But I guess we find out that she's sort of like that, because she's a bit different to everyone else, a bit of an outcast, mm. because she's a glitch. Mm. She's constantly... Glitching. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to describe it without using the word glitch. She goes, Bloop. Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> and sort of disappears for a second and... Yeah. And I guess they sort of seem like foes at first, but they find that they have some common interests and they... Mm. In a way, it almost becomes like a buddy film. Yes. You've got him who really wants a medal. You've got her who... Her dream is to race, is yeah. to be in the racing game. They don't let her race because she's the glitch. And um, 
she, I guess, a bit like been dealing with some of the same things Ralph has with bullying uh, from the people in the game. So they sort of figure out that uh, I guess they can, they can both achieve, achieve their ends through the same means. Mm. They, 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 their their interests align, so they help each other out, which is nice. So it seems like this is a video game where after everyone's left the video arcade, they keep on racing to see who will be in the game the next day. So this is a really... They're serious gamers, these game characters. Like They like racing. They yeah, choose they, to they race choose in their off time. Yeah. It's not like you see Fix-It Felix Jr. Like just fixing things, building Ralph houses, improving, <laughs> doing renovation work after the game. No, he's partying with his mates. He's... <laughs> what did you think of this relationship between Ralph and Vanellope? Well, from a story point of view, I think it worked. It propelled the plot forward. There was an interesting dynamic between the two. But I guess with any buddy-type film, it comes down to whether you like the characters, whether you're enjoying Mm. the dialogue, whether you think they're funny or clever or something that draws you to them. And I just found it really childish. This is a children's film, but in some of the the great Disney films, the great Pixar films, Mm. you don't really feel like you're watching a Mm. child's film because you're still laughing at all the jokes. Mm. They're still clever. They appeal to a broader audience. I felt like this was very lowbrow, a lot of toilet humor, a lot of bad puns. I just wasn't following them the way I needed to, I think. Hero's duty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I saw the joke about that in the trailer and I was like that's not very funny they rattle off four five six of them in a row in the actual film and I was like oh this scene is pretty intolerable yeah I didn't like that joke what do you think about when the king of uh, Candyland like goes uh, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses would you and then like he gets takes the glasses off him and hits him with them and he's like oh you hit a guy with glasses I thought we did there <laughs> <laughs> my favorite of his was I'm okay. He just glazed me. (laughs) Uh, Polarizing character, King Gandhi. Yeah. I thought he was pretty entertaining. (laughs) With Vanellope and Ralph, I think not all the jokes landed, but I think I found that a really sweet relationship. That was really cute. There's a scene where she gives him something, and I I got a bit I got a bit sentimental. I got a bit, <laughs> and whenever he whips it out to have a look at it, I'm a bit like, oh, how sweet. <laughs> so I, I thought that worked quite well. Um, their relationship, and I, I thought that was something that really like held the film together pretty well. Gave it an emotional core. I I I was the person I was watching the film where I like sort of lean into her and I go like, oh, do you reckon they're gonna kiss now? <laughs> Did you think there was any romantic sort of interest there between Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's absurd. <laughs> I got the impression that he was like a 40-year-old man and she was an 8-year-old. I think like it looks a bit like that, but like, how old is their game? I don't know. It looks pretty new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Ralph ages. I think he just is an older guy and she just is a young girl. How does it age for a video game character? I I think it's constant. I don't think there's good... Oh, well, you know, there's nothing now, but in a few years, (laughs) she'll tick over the half your age plus seven. No, 
No. This is never going to be okay. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it worked better as a sort of, I guess, a, a older brother, younger sister. Yeah, that's what it, I, yeah, I think that worked out it was. <laughs> but it was fun to weed out the person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think they're into each other. <laughs> go for it, Ralph. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> You're in. I, I think, I don't know. I don't want to judge. I don't want to. I do. I will judge a 40-year-old and an 8-year-old. Believe me. <laughs> I think it's like a 20-year-old game. It's like a 30-year-old and a 20-year-old. Isn't that... <laughs> it looked like a very new game. <laughs> but we find out there's so much backstory to the whole Candyland game. Is that yeah. what will happen in like a month? Or like yeah, it in five years. I've seen Game of Thrones, man. Like kings and queens and stuff. It doesn't like change that much. Uh, anyway. Oh, okay, I guess we also have another pairing. Fix-It Felix and Jane Lynch. Uh, they team up to try and find Ralph because, I don't know, there's an issue with something hap- something from her game going into Candyland. She needs to retrieve. He obviously needs to retrieve Ralph to save their game. So what do we think of that pairing? Yeah, I don't know how much I was rooting for these two. I thought Jane Lynch's character was kind of weird. She kept on saying things, sayings, that were really long and obtuse and used big words. Was that supposed to be the humour for adults watching the film? I don't know. Because it wasn't funny. <laughs> just because you use a big word doesn't mean it's funny. I think the kids found that funny because they were just like, ha what does that mean? <laughs> Whereas I'm just like, she's being obscure for the sake of being obscure. I think she may have been ambivalent in an obtuse way. <laughs> With a plethora of humorality. Is that a word? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's definitely not. I was trying to use some big words to see if, like, you'd find them funny. <laughs> well, that's pretty much how she talks, but just at a faster speed. Yeah. Felix, on the other hand, was a little bit more likable. He was voiced by Jack McBray, and he had a little bit of a Jack McBray type yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. Like, when he'd get angry, he'd say, gosh and golly, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Which was sort of funny. Mm. I was more interested in the Ralph Penelope friendship than I was the Jane Lynch, Felix sort of courting. Mm. And I think we see this always happen, like, to sort of mismatch people sort of start to like each other. But I think with uh, Felix and Penelope, we see something you don't see on film that much, like... A 40-year-old man and, like, an 8-year-old girl <laughs> develop a friendship and it not be weird. <laughs> I guess part of why that works is because Ralph is sort of childish in a way. Yeah. He's able to laugh at some of her jokes. The way he th- throws tantrums and just wrecks things, he smashes stuff with his big mm. hands. Mm. I think that was part of why that coupling worked quite well. Yeah. Do you think it's interesting that Wreck-It Ralph was the sort of villain who wanted to be the hero. And we saw the parallels with the original Donkey Kong game, where Donkey Kong was the villain, right, to Mario. Donkey Kong is actually a character who successfully crossed over from villain to video game hero. Mm. Like, that was the last game Donkey Kong was a villain in. He's been a hero in every following game donkey kong country donkey kong country 2 donkey kong country 3 donkey kong 64 
Yeah, I think there's definitely the parallel there, but I think it's good that they made a new character rather than saying, this is the story of how Donkey Kong went from bad guy to good guy. I am a huge fan of Donkey Kong. You'd have preferred Donkey Kong? Well, I think it's probably better what they did ultimately, (laughs) but I would not have been against the Donkey Kong. I love Donkey... It's like, I think they're my favourite games, the Donkey Kong Country series. Well... They're great. They're great games, man. King K. Rule, great villain. Barrels, bananas. It's got everything, man. It's got everything. <laughs> so now it's time for our screen verdict. Matt, what did you think of Wreck-It Ralph? Okay, this is a film that I was expecting there to be a lot more game jumping. We spent a lot of time in Sugar Rush. It's pretty much a Sugar Rush setting for this film, in my mind. And that was interesting... I thought that may have worked quite well, though. And actually, like, because it meant we could focus a bit more on the characters, a bit more the world they're in, rather than a lot of um, little sort of short films one after the other. I also think if they had broken up a bit more, it would have been interesting to see, rather than them just going the 3D Disney animation, if for each game there was a slightly different animation style, I would have found that, like, a pretty good twist, like, a pretty good, you know, make it stand out as a, a film in its own right. But I think the animation was good. I found it um, not hilarious, but sort of amusing. Uh, but I thought it was a strong story with uh, two strong characters grounding the film. And I, I thought it had some really sweet moments, some really fun moments. I think this is a good Disney film. I've seen, I think, about 38 of the Disney animated films. About. Um, <laughs> you give the impression that you just, oh, off the top of my head, uh, vaguely in the area of exactly 38 because I counted. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'd probably rank it about... <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably rank it about 20. 20. So about... It's marginally about, below par. Yes, yeah, so it's about in the middle sort of section. And a lot of these animated films I haven't seen since I was a kid, so I you know need to watch them again maybe. But... So I put it about in the midway, which is good. Um, I think they're quite a high standard of Disney AMA films. So I'll give Wreck-It Ralph a 7.5 out of 10. Well, my feelings on Wreck-It Ralph were that it had a good premise. I like video games. I like the idea of these video game characters having these personalities outside of the game and they can game jump and interact with these other characters. I thought... The animation was quite good. Mm. I liked how we got parts of it shown in sort of that 8-bit, 16-bit sort of old-school graphics and then the more modern graphics that we're used to as well. Mm. And I think they could have used it more, but I love video game music. Sometimes I'll just put on a video game's soundtrack on my laptop and just listen to that in the background of whatever I'm doing. And I thought some of the music that they used was really cool, but then they also used a bit too much just pop music. I thought it was awful. Um, sorry for coming into your verdict. <laughs> I thought it was awful when she was practicing racing the car. Yeah. And they just put in that, like, so generic, like, driving pop song. Shut up and drive. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that seemed so out of place and so, like, it was a fan bit that someone had made on YouTube. But, like, <laughs> it just seemed so bad. It was also the first kids film I've seen with dubstep in it so (laughs) there's a landmark for Wreck-It Ralph and I think you have quite a good story where although I thought it lagged for a little bit towards the middle 
as it got towards the end, it was actually quite an elaborate and well-structured story mm. with two interesting characters. So I think the film had a lot going for it. But in the end, I feel like it was a great blueprint for a film mm-hmm. that ended up being terrible. Oh. Because the hit rate of the jokes in this film... I'd say this is a comedy. You gotta yeah. rely yeah. on the jokes. It's not a drama. <laughs> to make the film, yeah. Was probably at about 10%. I had a very low hit rate of making me laugh with the jokes in this film. And not only did some of them not land, but it was a lot of it was cringeworthy and annoying. And I sort of had to coax, convince a friend to come along with me to see this film, because oh. I didn't want to go see it on my own. <laughs> And quite a lot of the time I was thinking, oh, they're going to be so mad at me. I just kept on looking over to my friend Borno and just going, oh, he is going to have some things to say after I've made him watch this terrible, terrible film. So, yeah, I think all the parts were there, but it was just annoying how not funny it was. So I'm going to give this a disappointing four and a half out of ten. Oh, no, you didn't like The Hobbit, you didn't like Wreck-It Ralph. What did your friend think of it? Did you talk to your friend about it? Was he mad at you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen Borna since. Okay. (laughs) He's not returning my texts. Oh, man. Oh, that's not good. Um, (laughs) Regular Ralph, the friendship killer. The people I saw it with, I... I, um... I didn't just see it with one person. I saw it with uh, one of the people I saw it with. Who yeah, you have more event. friends than me. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to convince them to come with me to a movie either. So, he was saying the other night, um, it could be his favourite animated film of all time. Has he not seen Wally <laughs> or Monsters Inc.? I said Wally. That was the first thing I said. What about Wally? You love Wally. <laughs> like, uh, maybe. <laughs> So, there you go. So now on to housekeeping. Oh, and a bumper housekeeping today because we are announcing the winner of our Fan Drive New Year's competition. Yes, everyone's like, get that Wreck-It Ralph nonsense out of the way. We want to know who wins the Pixar Blu-ray. Yes. So, there's a Pixar Blu-ray going to whoever uh, got the most people to like the Screen Verdict fan page. And while we've just been recording this podcast... There have been sort of the two people who did the best competing in an, I guess, apprentice-like challenge in order to get the most likes. And uh, we can say that it was Oliver Holland got the most people to like our podcast. Pipped Morris at the post. Pipped Morris at the post. Very unlucky. So what we'll do is we'll call uh, Oliver now, who... You might know as Dutchy, <laughs> Dutchy, who's called in the podcast before. Uh, what what we will do is um, he was very keen to win this. He was very pumped to win it, wasn't he? He's been like getting all his mates, he's been sending his messages. Yeah, he's been sending his messages. Am I winning? Am I winning? Yeah. So <laughs> very excited. So I think it might be good to tell him that someone else has beaten him <laughs> to see how he responds. I think this could be funny. All right. But we'll give him the blue... We will, like, we'll tell him he's won eventually. Like, we'll, you know. Hello, this is speaking. <laughs> that was very formal. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dudgy, it's Matt and Jonathan here with Scream Verdict. Oh, hey, guys. Why are you calling me? Well, you're on the podcast... 
And oh, hold on, ice cream verdict. We've got some news. Yes, oh, you know the you know the uh, competition we were running to get the most Facebook likes for the screen verdict page. Oh, did I win? At the start of the podcast, you were winning. But yeah. by the end of the podcast, at which point we announced the winner, you lost by one person. Oh no! <laughs> How do you feel about that, Dutchie? They did well. They did well. They did well. Yeah. That's, this is the most. I've, I've known you for 15 years, and this is the most sportsmanlike you've ever been. I'm devastated. I'm devastated. Ah. Oh. Well, we don't want you to feel devastated, and I think we can undo that by telling you, Dutchie, you won. Yeah, you won. We're joking. <laughs> you guys are douches. <laughs> I hate you both. Awesome. You've just won a Pixar Blu-ray. Dutchie, Ooh. you've won a Pixar Blu-ray of your choice. What film do you choose? I've been told I have to choose Monster, Inc., but that was from my wife, so I'm going back on that. And I'm going to choose Wally. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, no. He got the instruction from the wife, but he went against it. <laughs> Wally. I think that's a very good choice, Dutchie. Yeah, Wally's a good one. Monster Zeke would have been a good yeah, choice, also too. Yeah, a good choice. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Pixar. Well, I, wouldn't have, I, wouldn't have ch- I wouldn't have chosen Cars too. don't worry. Okay, that's good. That's good. As long as you didn't choose Brave, that would cost a bit more. <laughs> So, uh, what, what are you going to do with that Blu-ray, Dutchie? Um, watch it. Ah, <laughs> oh, sounds like a pretty good way to, uh, way to use that Blu-ray. Unconventional, but I like it. It's fantastic. So, we will get that to you at some point. And be sure to let your friends know where you got the Blu-ray from. Yes. Yeah, because, uh, just because the competition's over, Dutchie, doesn't mean you can't, can't you know... Sorry. Just because, just because uh, you've got the Blu-ray, Dutch, it doesn't mean you can't uh, keep on asking your friends to like uh, Screen Verdict on Facebook. Hey, Matt, I reckon you should edit that bit out. Why edit that bit out? That's the plug for the podcast. <laughs> I will edit the bit out that I made a mistake on. I'll keep letting people. Relax. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. Now, Dutchie, have you seen any movies lately? Do you want to give us any movie opinions while you're on the line? Oh, I... I... Posted on the page, I think Wife of Pi, you guys should plug. But it's not that great in, in the <laughs> We should plug The Life of Pi, but it's not that great. In 3D, though, not in 2D. We have to see it in 3D. You're a fan of the 3D, aren't you, Dutchie? I am a fan of the 3D. Did you see The Hobbit in 3D? Uh, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> what did you think of The Hobbit, Dutchie? The Hobbit is the best movie ever. It's, it's the best, best movie ever. ever. What made better the... Than Lord of the Rings. Better than Lord of the Rings. What made it better than Lord of the Rings? It was to the book. It was fantastic. It was probably, undeniably, the best movie to book, uh, book to movie, uh, movie ever. Like, no one could deny it. It's <laughs> undeniably the greatest <laughs> book to movie yeah, ever. John, I can say that, you know, the scenes were 20 minutes too long. <laughs> I but could, I could, and have said that. I know, I've listened to it. Um, <laughs> it's the best. It's perfect. Perfect! Um, um, I, I, okay, I, I, I'm going to correct you, Dutchie. The best, I, I'd say it is the best third of a book to movie <laughs> adaptation ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely worried about the second, second movie, mm. but the first movie was good. 
Okay. So there we go. Uh, perfect movie. So would you would you give it a 10 out of 10, Dutchie? Oh, no, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's the perfect movie, but you wouldn't go that far. It's the I best movie of all time. It was perfect. I'd give it an 8. <laughs> what would you give it out of 10, Dutch? Yeah, 8 sounds good. <laughs> so the same score as me. <laughs> what did you score, Jono? 3.5. Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> okay, so what, what's the... What, I think that Blu-ray might get lost in the mail, Dad. <laughs> uh, what's Okay, what, what's what's so good about Life of Pi? I haven't seen it yet. What's the best thing about Life of Pi? Without spoilers, uh, the, please. The best thing is the 3D graphics. They're amazing. Okay. It's very um, Avatar meets kind of the sea. It's, uh, <laughs> really, it's really cool. It's like I was in the graphics. Not, not obviously. I can't believe they didn't use that on the poster, don't you? It's Avatar meets the sea. That's good. It's true. It's true. No joke. The storyline, when you think of it, though, is really kind of quite dull. But the 3D makes it. All right. I've talked to people who've seen it in 2D and said it was the worst movie ever. And I can understand where they're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) But... Avatar is like a 10 out of 10 in 3D, and then it comes to like a 6 out of 10 in 2D. Ah. So, what does the Life of Pi start at? Life of Pi is like a 2 out of 10, and then it goes up to like a 7. I'm just simply saying that Life of Pi is crap in 2D. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) Uh, We're going to put you on hold, Dutch. I've got another call. Hello? Hi, is this Matthew? Yes. Matthew, it's Sally calling from Castle Craig Private Hospital. How are you today? <laughs> Very well, thanks. Sorry, you're I'm live! <laughs> Screen burning podcast. Sorry, I've got the, we're in the car, I've got the phone on speaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And we're recording a podcast too. All right. Sorry. Okay, no worries. Now just fill me in. What's the story? Okay, so tomorrow morning, uh, we require you to come to the hospital nice and early at 6 a.m. 6 a.m.? Yes, you're first on the list, so we need you here at six. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. So you'll also need to fast from midnight tonight. From midnight? Yes. No food or water, nothing to eat or drink when you hop up in the morning. So No water? No water. So so it's not 12 hours I don't eat for, it's just from midnight? Just from midnight. But I probably shouldn't. You can eat all tonight, pretty much from when you wake up in the morning, just don't eat. So, I mean, if you stay up all night, don't eat midnight. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> so, so I can eat like at 11, that's fine, just eat as much as I want at 11. Yes, and then nothing past midnight. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. Okay, thanks. Bye. we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, bye. Bye. Okay. So, you still there, Dutchie? No, I don't think so. Okay, so there we go, Dutchie and... <laughs> Dutchie in the hospital. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that's another big podcast wrapped up. Yes. Love the chance to talk to some of the fans, give out some prizes, mm-hmm. do some reviews. Yes. That's what we do. And I think on the next podcast, we might be reviewing season eight of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, go back, just quickly get a TV show done before we go back to the other sort of movies of the summer. Mm. So we hope you enjoyed that. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>